Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We thank you, Lord. Well, we had a good time in uh, Colorado. Uh, there is revival going on in Colorado. And one thing I learned about revival Brother Allen, when I was there, the Holy Ghost quickened me, and he said, revival is a seed. So I want to talk about revival is a seed. See, we look for it to be tomorrow, the church is full, everybody's laying out on the floor with joy, everybody getting the Holy Ghost, and revival is a seed. We have to start where we are, because you are revival. You are revival. Psalms, David said in 85, 6, revive us again. I want to look at Acts 2, verse 30, and pastor's going to preach for us this morning. This is just my part, Acts 2, verse 30. But we see in Acts 2, verse 30, um, it's talking about David. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, somebody say, the fruit of my loins. It's a seed. According to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. That Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. This is Pentecost Sunday. How many of Jesus is raised up in you? How many is Jesus coming out of you? Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands as a witness. Jesus, the uh, seed is on the inside of me, and it's coming up out of me through the land. He says that we're all witnesses, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. So I'm here to tell you that the Holy Ghost is a seed that it's a promise to you and your children and your children's children. Let's read on. He has shed forth this which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit you on my right hand until I make your foes your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly, assuredly that God has made that same Jesus, somebody say the same Jesus that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in me, and he will quicken your mortal body. The seed of the Holy Ghost, the seed of Jesus, the Holy Ghost pushes Jesus throughout the land, and it will rise up out of you to take over territory until the enemies are your footstool under your feet. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what should we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive the Spirit, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39, For the promise is to you 
and to your children, somebody say, my seed. <laughs> the promise is to my seed, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So God says that the seed, um, in um, Galatians, we have the seed of Abraham. Let's look at Galatians 4. I'm building this foundation for pastor to preach on. Hallelujah. Galatians 4, verse 28, 29. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. What makes us one? The spirit. We're all baptized under Moses under that same spirit. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that heals you, delivers you, provides for you, sets you free. Thank you, Jesus. Gives you victory, gives you joy, the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. God, we put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness today, and we lift that heavy oppression off of this church. We lift it out of this area. We lift it out of this body in the name of Jesus, and we lose the joy of the Lord. Kobe said he could feel that thing try to hit him when he came back in town like an oppression. I said, mm -mm. we put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Verse 29, and if you be Christ... How many, Jesus Christ lives in you. Then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So we're already promised the seed. We're already promised that he wants to fill us with the Holy Ghost. In Acts 2, when they, the tongues of fire came on their head. And then in Acts 4, they were filled some more. See, they were filled and then they were baptized. Let me say it like that. They were filled in Acts 2, and then in Acts 4, they were baptized. That's a total immersion of the Holy Spirit when he takes over your life. I remember Pastor Pinson laying on the floor at Dr. Sorella. She said, do something with me or let me go and make chocolate chip cookies. Let me go home and just be a grandma, just, just be that, which is a great, wonderful thing to be. But God, if you're not going to use my life, just let me go home. And she said that... She saw the Holy Spirit walk to her body and come inside of her. She saw the Spirit in a form, but it was a spirit being, and he came, and he came inside of her. Because Gideon, the Spirit clothed Gideon. So we see that the Spirit can take us over to the degree that he clothes us, and we're baptized, we're totally immersed. How many know when you go down in that water, you're totally immersed? You're not just sprinkled on. You are immersed, and it's representing that you're laying your life down. And so Holy Spirit can come up and live through you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise for it, God. We're going to look at Hosea chapter 6, and we're going to worship a little more. We thank God for that healing. She was in the hospital, and now she says that she's healed. Thank you, Jesus, that God's working a healing in her life. Hosea chapter 6, verse 1. Woo, how many of y'all ever felt like this before? Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn and he will heal us. How many ever felt torn? Ah, he has smitten and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
then we will know if we follow on to know the Lord. Somebody said, I got to follow on. People wonder why their fire goes out. You got to follow on. You got to get in Acts 2 where it says the doctrine of the uh, apostles. You got to get in fellowship. You got to get in breaking bread so your fire don't go out. So the Holy Ghost don't uh, dwindle down on the inside of you because he's still big, but flesh overtakes him sometimes. And flesh gets bigger than spirit because the Bible says our flesh is weak. But the spirit is strong, so we have to feed the spirit. So the spirit overtakes the flesh, and the spirit's bigger and greater than the flesh because he said, greater works are you going to do because I go to my Father, and greater is the latter reign that's going to be than the former reign. I have to let the spirit rule and reign my life because I'm bought with a prize. I'm not my own. I'm bought with the prize. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Shakaba. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come to us as the rain, as the latter and former rain to the earth. Amen. Let's look at one more, Romans 14, 9. Whew, Holy Ghost, thank you for coming in and having your way today in our life, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 14, 9. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived. Did Jesus have to be revived? Psalms 85, 6 says, revive us again. Did, wait a minute. I know he, you know, was in the flesh, but it says, For this end, Christ both died and he rose and was revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. So if Jesus has got to be revived again, I think I have to be revived again. Amen. So revive us again today, Lord. Revive us again today, Lord. Let the Holy Ghost, let the sparks kindle in our spirit, man, right now, Lord. And the gifts be stirred up in us, God, that we can no longer just sit on pews or lay in beds, but we got to be activated. We got to do what the Lord's telling us to do at all costs, God. Our own feelings have to die. Our own feelings have to go to the grave. Our own feelings have to be put on the cross, God. You said to reckon this flesh dead. And revive us again, Lord. Revive us again. Hallelujah. Psalms 119, verse 89. says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever, God's word is settled in heaven. God, give me a scripture for some of you. It may not be for all of you. But it's Psalms 37, 18 and 19. It says, The Lord knoweth the days of the upright. He knows your days. He knows what you're going through. And their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. If you uh, feel like your finances are 
in famine. God says that they will be satisfied. They will be satisfied. I want to open it up for you to come and sow into the kingdom. I want to introduce Pastor Babs <laughs> this morning. She's going to bring us a mighty word. Hallelujah. Happy Pentecost Sunday. My God, what happened on Pentecost changed the world. The whole wide world, it changed it. Thank you, Jesus. And every prophet <laughs> around has been saying something is fixing to take place. Something's fixing to happen. We've entered into a new era, and something is fixing to take place. And we want to be positioned right. We want to be right where God wants us to be. We want to be found with our arms up and our eyes toward heaven for him to move upon me and do whatever it is he wants to do so that we can reap this harvest so that we can then go home. Amen? Not trying to escape anything. Not trying to escape. We want to reap the harvest. We want, if you're born again, I really believe that it's your heart that you want everyone that the enemy is destroying their life to know that you don't have to live that way. God's, God didn't mean for it to be that way. That we can have that joy and we can have that peace in him. And we can walk in power. So that blind eyes see and lame legs leap. Amen. <laughs> Come on, Rayshawn. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God that he does still touch us. He still touches us. Woo. Glory to your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk to you today about Holy Spirit. I want, to, I want to be like Catherine Kuhlman. He's the best friend I've ever had. He is the best friend I've ever had. Please don't quench him. The Word says in Matthew 5, 6, that if you are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, you will be filled. It but we got to be hungry and thirsty. We got to be hungry and thirsty and we'll be filled. Amen. And we talked a little bit about that last week how it's my heart that we all become hungry for the word. We need to be hungry for the word of God as well as the presence of God. We've got to have both of those things so that we can grow up and into the full stature of a perfect man in Christ Jesus. Amen. It's all about what he did. Has nothing to do with me. It's all about what he did. I want to talk to you today about the two great the two works of grace. Cuz we are in the, you know, some people call it the dispensation. We're in the age of grace. And there's some false teachings out there about grace. Grace does not mean for one minute 
that God knows my heart, so he looks the other way because he knows I struggle. That is not grace. Grace is the power and the ability to obey God. It's the ability to walk the way he tells us to walk. Amen? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the first work of grace is the new birth. That's the first work of grace. It's salvation. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That happens at the new birth. When I get saved, I become the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that word temple, I don't know how to pronounce it, it's Greek. But it means a a highly decorated temple. That's what it means, highly decorated. I know sometimes we just have to let it sink in for just a minute. Highly decorated shrine or an inner sanctum where a God lives. That's what the word means. And we become that inner sanctum where the God lives. Hallelujah. That's pretty exciting. If you just sit and think about that, whenever I come to Jesus Christ and I say, God, help me, because I have messed things up. Come in and forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of all this unrighteousness. Come be my Lord and my Savior. It's a miracle that happens. And right then, I am forgiven. And right then, my spirit man comes alive. And the Holy Spirit goes in. And he takes up residence right then. And I have peace with God. I have peace with him. That's a, that right there is enough. We can just, you know, that's enough right there. Thank you, Lord. That's what happens. And you will see in Ephesians, let's go look at it. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, we see what happens at the new birth. We see what happens at salvation. My spirit man come open because I was dead spiritually because of what happened in the garden. I was dead spiritually. But when Jesus Christ found me, and he worked all those circumstances, and he brought those people to come into my life and talk to me and and speak that word of truth under the anointing of God. And he pierced my spirit, man, and and, and I felt something, and, and it was like, oh, I need you. This is what I need. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Well, he comes in right then. And I do have peace with God. That is, that's one thing that we can check with our salvation. If I don't have peace, I might need to check my salvation. Because I have peace with him. Ephesians 1, 13 says, In him you also trusted after you heard, in him, in God, you also trusted after you heard the truth, the gospel, of your salvation, in whom also 
having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Hey, he is the guarantee of my inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. What that means is, <laughs> woo, thank you, Jesus. That at salvation, the Holy Ghost came and he examined my salvation experience. He examined it, okay? And he found that everything was in order. Everything is lined up and it's all in order. And I am now made complete in him. And so he seals me <laughs> with that signet ring. He sealed me so that I reach my destination. Because one thing about it, when a king sealed a document, you better treat that document with care. You better be careful how you treat that document, that package, because that package doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. And, he, and that seal on there guaranteed that that package was going to get to where that package needed to get. So we are guaranteed. Y'all hear the word guaranteed to, to make it to my destination. I'm going to make it to heaven. But not only that, I'm going to make it to my destiny. I'm going to live out uh, the purpose that God has for me. But I can guarantee... I am saved, and the Holy Ghost came in to live on the inside of me. I'm going to heaven. I have peace with God, but there's more. There's so much more. Mm, hallelujah. There's so much more, so much more. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go over and look at John at the very first salvation. John chapter 20. Jesus Christ had already been crucified, and he had already arose from the dead, and he and 500 other saints who also were rose from the dead, was walking the streets of Jerusalem for 40 days. That is powerful. It says that when, when he gave up the ghost, it is finished. That earthquake came and it broke open graves. <laughs> and dead people got up out of their graves and, whoa, and walked. Can you imagine Moses? We don't know where Moses was buried. Okay. Let's look at John chapter 20, starting with 19. And the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the Jews were assembled for fear of the... where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, 
Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and he said to them, Receive the Holy Ghost. Now, this is the first salvation ever. Okay? Um, the first thing he said to them was peace. And whenever it says that he breathed on them, it's a little, it should be translated, he breathed into them. Because it's the same word that was used in Genesis when um, God breathed the breath of God into Adam, and Adam became a living soul. So what it actually means is that Jesus, he did not walk up and go, receive the Holy Ghost. He went, and they went, it means to inflate. Just like you would blow up a balloon. That's what the word means. That's what happens to us at salvation. At salvation, when I say, come into my heart, be my Lord, he says, okay. I just breathe my pneuma, my breath, which is the ruach. Heard that already this morning. The spirit of God, which is the breath of God. He breathes that into you. <laughs> no wonder we on our way to heaven. We are signed, sealed, and delivered. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But like I said, there's more. There's something more. That's the first work of grace. And so many of the body of Christ wants to stop right there. But there's so much more that we can have. There's so much more that's out here for us. But I'm sealed. And I will be delivered to my destination. Hallelujah. Okay. But he says peace. Peace is the primary, the very primary fruit of salvation. It's the very first thing that happens at salvation. I, I receive that peace. It enters me. So like I said a while ago, if, if you don't have peace with God, then we may, need to, we may need to examine our salvation because it's not enough to just decide to start going to church. That's not enough. It's not enough for you to decide that you're going to be good now. I'm going to stop doing all that stuff. It's time for me to grow up. That's not enough. There's only one way that we're going to see the Father. There's only one way to heaven, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he has to be my Lord and my Savior. This thing right here is an enemy of God, and it can tell me, okay, it's time. It's time that I straighten up, start acting like a grown-up, and quit being, you know, I ain't got no more oats to sow. They gone. They long gone. So it's time for me to start acting right. So I'm going to start going to church and, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to do right. I'm going to start doing right. So I come to church and 
And I even do this. Woo! I even do that. I might even dance a little bit. I fall out. It ain't enough. It don't cut it. Jesus don't play. And I firmly believe that we are coming into, we are stepping into something. And, and we, we do need to dot our I's and we need to cross our T's and we need to make sure everything is right. With him. It's with him. I have to, have to open my mouth and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I ask you to come into my heart and be that Lord. Lord means he is your boss. Lord means he tells you what to do and you do it. That's what Lord means. And we struggle so much because I'm sorry, but America is entitled to absolutely nothing. We are not entitled to anything. But we have that spirit is upon this nation. I don't exactly know why, but it is. And so we think, you know, that I can just start being good. And, and you know, some people have been good for years. You know, and then you have those moments where that flesh rises up. And, you know, but, but salvation is not there. There's no peace with God. When you lay your head on that pillow at night, what happens? What happens? What voices are talking to you? Just make it right with him. Just give your life to him because that is what salvation really is. Do I surrender my life? to him because that's when I, I said the words when I was 12 and I lived the way I wanted to and then Hunter was about he was still a baby so pro, he wasn't two yet but I just I was rocking him one day just crying out God there's got to be something Ugh, you know just going you're just going through the motions because I was being good I was trying to be good and we were going to church and because I was raised in church I know what you're supposed to do. And, and I heard this voice. And he said, you are not mine. And I argued with him. I said, yes, I am. I got saved when I was 12 years old. I remember when I got saved. I was at Cody Baptist Church. And I remember when I got saved. One more time. You are not mine. And it kind of took me like, oh, my God. So I went on a pursuit. <laughs> I got to be yours. I know what happens if I'm not yours. And then my aunt called me and she said, there's an evangelist coming to the city auditorium and I don't want to go by myself. Will you go with me? And I said, sure, I'll go with you. He, there wasn't anyone else in that auditorium. He was speaking directly to me. Pastor Dan and Miss Joellen were there. Of course, they didn't know he was speaking to me but directly to me. He said words that I had said, you know, in my arguing with God. And I ran down that altar. I ran down that aisle. And I gave my life to him. And that is when I became born again. 
I firmly believe that that seed was put in there. You know, that seed was there. But I didn't allow that seed to grow. I did not allow. I did not allow him to be Lord of me. I did what I wanted to do. And then when I would get caught, I would repent. That's not repentance. That's not repentance. That's being sorry I got caught. And I'd, I'd be good again. I'd be good. I'd, start, I'd study my Sunday school lessons. And I'd be good for a little while. But God saved me. Not that I've been perfect since then, but I have had peace with him. I know I belong to him. I know that Holy Ghost sealed me. My salvation is sealed. And your salvation can be sealed. Sealed. Because that's what Holy Ghost is for. One thing he's for. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That peace, we need a little bit more than just the peace. Let's go look at Luke 24, 49. Jesus is talking to the disciples again. And he says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power. And that power is that dunamis. That's that supernatural, supernatural ability. It is a supernatural, not of this world, power. He said, I want you to... I want you to go and wait until this happens. Because you have peace with me, but you need something else. There's something else that you need. Now let's go on over here to Acts. We all know this one, but let's look at Acts chapter 1. It's all the same conversation. Thank you, Jesus. I have peace but I need, I need power. In verse 4 it says, And being assembled together with them, he, what's that word? Is it okay for us not to be baptized in the Holy Ghost? It is not okay. Mm. If he commanded them, he commanded me. So there's a huge part of the body of Christ that ignores this. We ignore it. And we say that that peace is all I need. I have salvation. And the, and the Holy Ghost did come into me. He came into me. That's an infilling. And that's all we need. Because all those... Um, gifts and that speaking in tongues and you know all that stuff that went out with the apostles but but no it didn't there's not a scripture anywhere in there where it says that that went away not one I have searched and there is not one but I can tell you that between 
um, Acts 2, 8 and Acts 19 where Paul is walking on the road to Ephesus. Is that where he's going? And he runs into those 12 disciples of John and he says, how did you you know, get baptized, and they said into repentance, and John, and he says, oh, have you heard about the Holy Ghost? They're like, no, we ain't hearing nothing about no Holy Ghost. What's up with that? Why we ain't heard about the Holy Ghost? So he leads them into salvation, and then the baptism. You know, that was like 23 years apart. So if it all ended right there, and, and you know, and that was just for the birth of the church, have y'all never heard that? That religion says that Pentecost happened for the birth of the church. But since the church has now been birthed, we don't really need that. Oh, my God. Someone put a meme and said, do I need uh, the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? Like, girl, I need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart. <laughs> yes. We need the Holy Ghost to go wherever we're going. Because if I go to Walmart and in my own mind, in my own flesh, ain't nothing going to happen. Nothing. But if I will let the Holy Ghost <laughs> have his way, whenever I yielded myself and I said, baptize me, your Holy Ghost because I ain't going to make it God I ain't going to make it without your Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is the power he's the power to live saved he's the power to walk this walk he's the power he's the power he's the power and we ignore him but he is the power he is what I have to have. If I'm struggling and I can't live saved, if I'm struggling with the same sin I've been struggling with for 20 years, I need to get saved. And I need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because i got to have more than just peace that I'm okay. The world has got to see the church walk in supernatural ability. The world has to see it. That's why we are losing our 30-somethings. That's why we're losing them. They are going to the world. They are going to drugs as fast as they can because they are opened to the supernatural. Harry Potter's teaching our 10-year-olds about the supernatural. That is real. It's real. And we ignore it. We ignore it. And we, we just say, Kesarah, Sarah, which is the devil. I got to have the power of Holy Ghost. I cannot walk this walk without him. I don't know. I got to have the Holy Ghost. He's more than just tongues. But we say that. And it puts such a, a dampener on tongues. Oh, my God. Every single case from John 20 all the way through Acts 19, there's a pattern. They are saved, they are filled, and they speak with tongues. 
saved, filled, speak with other tongues. Saved, filled, speak with other tongues. It is vitally important. It is vital. It is not something that I can do or cannot do. It's my decision. No, God commanded them. Jesus commanded them. You go and you wait until the promise is delivered upon you, until you are endued with power. And the manifestation of that power was because I'm not talking to you. I'm speaking mysteries to God. That is different. What I'm doing right now is different than the gift of tongues and interpretation. It's a different thing. And when there's a message to be given, it should be, it must be interpreted. That's one of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. But what he gave me in my prayer life was the ability to bypass my mind because this thing is an enemy of God. He gave me the ability to bypass my mind and, and a direct connection to him. And, I, and the Holy Ghost through me starts speaking mysteries to God. Hey, I'm speaking mysteries to God. I know that the Holy Ghost is praying me into my position. The Holy Ghost is praying me straight into my destiny. And if I don't do that, I won't make my destiny. It's so important. And I repent, God, for pastors and preachers and evangelists who say it is not of something we need. I repent, God, for them putting a less than on something as powerful as your spirit. So if the Holy Ghost has baptized you with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and I'm going to say it again, that is commanded. We are commanded to tarry until we be endued with power. So I say yes. Yes, God, endue me with your power. Because that's a real devil we face out there. That's a real devil. He is real, and his warfare is increasing upon us daily because he knows that his time is short, and he hates you. He hates you. He hates you because you are the image of God. He hates you because God loves you. And he promises you all these things. And he might deliver a few of them. But you'll spend eternity in hell. And it ain't going to be no party. But can I tell you that we're the ones that's going to have the party? We're the ones going to have the party. Oh, God. Forgive us, forgive us, forgive us as the body of Christ. Forgive us where we have made less than your precious gift of Holy Ghost. We want the breath of God. We want the rock to come and blow. Come breathe upon us, God. Breathe into us. Inflate me with Holy Ghost, with Holy Ghost. 
Holy God. He said, go be endued with power. Power for what? To die to this flesh. Number one. Die to this flesh. Die to these desires. Die to these, the pleasures of the flesh. Die to all of this mess that goes on in my mind. Die to the temptation that the enemy brings to you. It's so much easier with Holy Ghost. It's so much easier. But I have to make sure I belong to Him. Because He don't give the Holy Ghost to those who don't belong to Him. So salvation has to be sure. The Holy Ghost comes and that power to die to my flesh, but also to live unto Christ. To live like Christ. To live. This is revival. This is revival. Holy Ghost, that I can walk the way Jesus walked, that I can do what Jesus did. Yes, we can. We are supposed to be. I'm not supposed to get all fearful and clam up when someone around me says they got a migraine headache. Because you hear, well, lay your hands on them. But what if it don't work? Well, it probably ain't because you in doubt. But it's not me. It's Holy Ghost. It's not me. It's Holy Ghost doing this. And he, and he comes up on us so we can have the power to raise the dead because that's where it comes from. He comes up on us. He baptizes us. That means we are completely, totally immersed in him. You do not see me anymore. I am on the inside of him. And you don't see me no more. That's what it's supposed to mean. And whenever I'm walking down the aisle, that's Holy Ghost walking down the aisle. That's what it's supposed to mean. God, come do that in us, God. Come do that in us, God. Come do that in us, God. Where I'm not concerned about myself anymore. I don't care what people think. I don't don't think. My first thought is not, but what if it don't work? God, come consume us. Consume me, consume me, consume me. Consume me with your spirit. Ephesians says, don't be drunk with wine, where is in excess? But be continually being filled with Holy Ghost. The original Greek says, Be continually being filled. That is a daily, it's an every single day. I should have a new experience every single day. And that right there is revival. That right there is revival right there. If I have a new experience with Holy Ghost every single day, and I walk out on those streets and something happens, that is revival. That is evangelism. That is evangelism. Where I take him to the street. That's evangelism. God, forgive me. Forgive me. I don't have to go beg somebody to get saved. 
or beg them to come to my church. No, I'm supposed to go demonstrate the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what we're supposed to do is demonstrate the power of the Holy Ghost. As I'm walking down the street, as I'm going down my life, as I'm, as I'm going to buy my groceries, somebody's finger needs to be healed. We heard that this woman says she walked up on these two unbelievers and one little girl, they were teenagers, and her finger didn't grow when she was born. And all she did was just take her finger and say, in the name of Jesus, I command you to grow. And it grew. That's evangelism. They got saved. They were brought into the kingdom of God by the kingdom of God. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's not, it ain't hard for, it's not supposed to be. If I'm making it hard, that's because I'm making it hard. I just got a revelation. If I'm making it hard, it's because I'm making it hard. I'm not yielded to him. I'm not allowing him to do it. I think it's something got to do with me. Like I can grow a finger. If I could grow a finger, I'd be a size four. Come on. Name me. If I could grow a finger, I'd be about six inches taller. So I could reach them Oreos that are up there. Come on, we got to, you know, be truthful. I can't, I, it's not, how, how the world is it anything to do with me? How? If I could do that, I'd fix this knee. You know? It's crazy what we do to ourselves and to him when he gave his whole life for me. His whole life. He laid that thing down knowing what he was coming here for. Knowing exactly what they were going to do. He knew every single lash that he was going to take. He knew every one of them, and he did it anyway. And when he was on the cross, he was looking at me and you. He was seeing us because he said, for the joy set before me, I get on that cross. And you and I are the joy that's set before him. He loves you so much. Oh, he loves you so much that he wants this power to be poured into you so that you can then live the way he wants you to live so that we can let everyone know that this is the way to go but we've been so powerless because we have not believed we have not believed because that's all you have to do that's what the word said just believe. No matter what it looks like, just believe. It don't matter what's coming at you, just believe. Come on now, believe. Just believe. Don't fall in doubt and unbelief. Just believe. He is who he said he is, and you are who he said you are. Hey. Woo. Hey, Jesus. Fill us. Fill us. Every single day that I get. Remember talking about the shield of faith last week? I have to take that oil and I have to press it in to that shield of faith. There's eight layers of leather. I got I to gotta be real intentional with getting that oil in that. You know, it takes, it takes a bunch of oil to saturate those eight layers of leather. 
on that shield of faith. And then you take that shield and you dunk it in the water, which is the word of God. And you leave it there until it's saturated. And then when you bring that out, that thing weighs several hundred pounds. You got to have the power of the Holy Ghost. You got to hook it on to that belt of truth right there because you can't carry that thing beside, by yourself. You know, you do the same thing with the helmet. You have to put oil on that helmet, you have to rub that helmet. My mind, my mind has to be coated with the Holy Ghost because let me tell you, the warfare is real. The warfare is really tries to get you to stop. Every day he's trying to get you to stop. He is terrified of you not stopping. He is terrified that you're going to go on. He is terrified that you're going to do everything that God has called you to do. He's terrified because his days are numbered, and I'm going to take everybody I can possibly take. He's terrified. He don't care if I believe in healing. He don't care. He don't care if I believe in prosperity. But he cares if I walk this walk full of the power of the Holy Ghost. He cares about that. And he wants that stopped. He's trying to shut your mouth. That's why they're trying to tell you to wear a mask. He's trying to shut your mouth. This is a decade of the mouth. It's a decade of the prophet. Whatever we say is what we're going to have. I have the Holy Ghost. I am baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost. Every single day I have an infilling of the Holy Ghost. Thank you that your power flows through me, God. Thank you that I am connected with you. I have a divine connection with you. And I guard that thing with everything in me. And I walk this walk. And you can touch whoever you want to touch, God. In fact, I'm going to be on my knees. If you didn't touch somebody, I'm going to be on my knees saying, Okay, God, what's up? What I do? Because you're supposed to touch somebody. You're supposed to heal somebody. They talk about how God's talking all the time. God's moving all the time. So if he's not moving through me, then there's something wrong with me. If he's not doing it through me, then my walk is not right. It ain't him. It's me. It's not him. It's me. So I just want to say, <laughs> woo, <laughs> If you, want the ba- if you want to make sure that your salvation is right with him, that you are saved, you are signed, sealed, and delivered on your way to heaven, come up to this altar and you will receive the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Ghost so that we can walk out of this place in power, so that we can walk out and not be struggling anymore, so that I can walk out and lay that sin down. I can lay that thing down, and I have power over it. Sin don't have no dominion over you anymore. I can lay that thing down, and I can walk out in the power of God, and he can touch my generation. These old folks need Jesus. These 50, almost 60-year-old men and women are bound up. Bound up. Most of us in religion. Because we come and decided we were going to go to church and be right. And then we get all bound up in religion. That ain't God. God. To walk in his kingdom, I got to be totally yielded to the king. Totally yielded to the king. Whatever you want is what I do. If it don't feel good to my flesh, it's okay. Whatever you want is what I do. And if you want that, come. Come.
Because the word says that when I lay my hands on you, you will receive. And you have to believe that you receive the Holy Ghost. Because this is the dispensation that we're walking in right now. This is. We are step. I know as well as I'm standing here right now, this new era is fueled by the Holy Ghost. And we live and move and have our being in Him. It's in Him. It's not in me. It's in Him. This new era is that we lose complete control. And He has all control. He has total and complete control of our lives. That's this new era. He said said He's coming back for a church like the one He left. Power. Full of power. I'm talking about the glory was so on Peter that as he walked by, the glory was healing folks. The glory healed him. It wasn't Peter's shadow. It was the glory that was in him. The glory. That's the Holy Ghost. Hush, I cut out by saying. That's the Holy Ghost. Are y'all ready? Are you ready for the Holy Ghost? Are you ready for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost? Are you going to get another one tomorrow? Are you going to sit before the Lord tomorrow and say, Fill me, God. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit, God. I'm going to get in this word and I'm going to see who you are. I'm going to get in this word and see who you say I am. Every single day, take that oil and press it in. we got to be persistent because there's a harvest that's going to hell and I don't want to I don't want to stand up there and he'll say why didn't you why were you afraid I don't want that happening I want to get my peoples and I want them saved and filled and talking in tongues talking in tongues because we edify ourselves when we talk in tongues I'm praying mysteries to God did you hear that to God take me take me Lord go where you want to go that's what shakababa means do what you want to do with me I belong to you. Have your way, God. Turn me inside out, God. Means shake me loose from me so that you can move, so that you can have your way, so that you can do what you want to do. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.